So you may have heard that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And a huge part of this is your purpose, your mission, your why, and how you integrate that into your brand. Branding is this thing that I think has become so overcomplicated or almost mysterious for people, especially when you're starting out in business or even years along in your business where you're trying to figure out what the heck is my brand. So that is why we are diving right into this topic on the Untapped Podcast today. You're listening to the Untapped Podcast, a podcast where you can learn how to tap into your potential and get paid to be you so that you are ultimately doing the work that you love and living life on purpose. It sounds too good to be true. I can tell you it's not. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcaster, obviously, triathlete, and white German Shepherd lover. And I have gone from the corporate world to my own business, where for the last 11 years, I have essentially been learning and educating people how to build an online business they love by monetizing them and what they do best. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these golden nuggets with myself or my amazing and inspiring guests. And make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen into this. Just search for Untapped with Natalie Sisson. All right, let's dive in. So I'm super excited to have my dear friend, Carly Cunningham, who is the creator, owner, and visionary behind Big Bold Brand. And she lives and breathes helping consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and organizations understand how to make their brand come to life, how to resonate, how to be remembered, and how to ultimately build the business that you absolutely want with all your ideal customers knocking on your door because your brand is doing the work. It is showing people exactly who you are, what you're about, and how you're showing up in this world. And in today's podcast specifically, we talk about Carly's 10-step framework, which is more of an audit really to see which pieces of your brand have you got together and which are completely missing and how you can start to build out an incredible brand that gives you longevity, which gives you massive exposure, which gives anybody who's dealing with you this instant resonance of, oh, I know that lady, or I know that business, or I know that product because. We also talk about the three next steps once you've got that framework solidified to use your brand to guide you in everything that you do. Like it really should permeate across every piece of your business. And Speaking from experience, this is not always an easy thing to do. We talk a little bit about how Carly even got into this and the work that she does. And I always just love finding out about how people get paid to be them, why she's so lit up around this work and the involvement of it for her as well. So I think we also throw in a bunch of examples. And I think from this discussion, you're hopefully going to get a lot of insight and just aha moments as we're talking because it's fun conversation and it goes at pace, but we really are sort of talking about all things to do with aligning who you are with what you're putting out there in the world. And there might even be a little mention of chakras. So enjoy. Let's dive in. Carly Cunningham. So wonderful to have you on my podcast. Welcome to Untapped. Thank you. It's so good to see you again and catch up after what well, was years and feels like two days. So it's great. So many years. So a bit of context for those listening in. Carly and her beautiful partner, Elise, helped me fundamentally, one, admit to myself that I was close to burnout when I was launching my book, The Suitcase Entrepreneur, back in 2014, 13, I think, actually, and then also helped do the Vancouver book launch final stop. So 
in addition to many other things we've done together, but those are just two that really stood out, giving me insight into myself and just helping me massively during that time. And it's been ages because I haven't been back to Vancouver since then. I know. Well, one of us is going to have to go in one direction when things are Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If the board is open and we should be gone. So first off, how do you or how have you tapped into your potential and how do you get paid to be you? Oh, that's a big question. Just I'm, I'm going to start the on the, sorry. I just throw that in at the beginning. Yeah. You know. You're like, and boom, um, how, how do I tap into my potential or how did I, I think that it's an interesting interwoven play between business and sport for me. I always jokingly say that if you throw a business concept at me, it or bounces off my forehead, but if you take a sporting concept and you apply it to business, it works really, really well for me because I've been an athlete since I can remember. I started figure skating at a very young age when I was five, maybe six, maybe even in preschool. And that carried me through until I was 12. I figure skated for one of the top schools in the world and was being groomed to be one of the next top Paris figure skaters in the world. And so, yeah, it was in, those concepts in sport and how you apply things were ingrained in me very, very early. And so that's what really appeals to me. And it's, it's how I look at growing my business. I'll take something that I'm thinking about on the trail when I'm running now, which is my sport is trail running, and I'll apply it in the business. So periodized training, for example. So periodized training essentially says you can't run at 100% all the time. And you need to block your training in a way that is almost like your, I was listening to one of your podcasts about when you were talking about seasons. Mm -hmm. So training is similar as you have, you know, your build season where you're really working on strength and base building. And then that's usually late winter, early spring. And then you move into building into the endurance and building speed. And then you move into race season. So you're building all these blocks. Then you get into the intensity of race season. And then you go to rest. You come into your down season. And the mistake I see a lot of business owners make is that they never go into that down season. They never go into an off season and they never take that rest. And you and I know that story well. Yeah. Um, missed it this time already. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I've had to learn it like three or four times. Yeah. So for me, I unleash my potential through sport. I get myself away from the office and away from the daily doing and I go out and find inspiration on the trail how I get paid to do what I do and where I translate that potential is that I'm just going to turn it back here because I made some notes. So essentially I'm a clarifier. I'm really good at seeing all the pieces or helping people collect all the pieces and, you know, put them up on the wall in front of you and clarifying what's actually going on or clarifying helping them find the clarity they're looking for. And specifically, one of my expertise and my deep expertise is in brand and positioning and strategy. So often clients will come to me and they'll say, we don't know how to communicate what we do. We don't know how to talk about who we are. We're not sure how to differentiate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the core of my work is based on helping them put it all out on the board, pulling it all out of their heads, and essentially moving away the things that are less resonant in what I'm hearing. And often things will come with what I call a hit. Like there'll be a certain vibration or an energy around it. And so those are the things that stand out to me. And I'll come back to them and say, oh, so this is what I heard you say. Is this what your purpose is? Or are these the things that really differentiate you at your core? And I hold up a mirror and they go, yes. And then we go through an exercise of 
further clarifying and picking just the right words. So mm. I hope people get clear. And what I love about that is with clarity comes confidence. And it sounds kind of funny when I say to people, well, you know, I say, what do you do? What do you sell? Well, I sell clarity and confidence. And they go, okay, so tell me more about that. And what I love is when people get clear. I mean, if you think about walking into a networking event, I mean, we've all done it. We all have to do it to grow our businesses. It's even a little more awkward right now in the walking into the Zoom room and then you get thrown in a breakout room. And if you're not really comfortable with the camera, there's all these, this awkwardness to it. And it just adds to the stress of, I don't really know how to describe what it is that I do, but I know it's really special. Mm-hmm. You step into that networking event and you just trip all over yourself and then walk away frustrated because you weren't clear. Well, when I can help business owners and leaders and consultants get clear on how to communicate that, there's a confidence that comes with that. And they're confident about going into that room, about stepping into that event, about being able to really communicate what they do. I was just thinking, actually, when you were saying that, like I help people get clarity and confidence, I was like, oh, that's the perfect pitch at a networking event, which intrigues people to ask you, oh, how? And I want to know more about that. And how can I work with you? So good job on figuring that one out and also providing a perfect example of how that works, right? And I think this is something that so many of us, just as you were speaking, I was like, gosh, I should be asking myself these questions all the time. Like I feel as entrepreneurs, we should always be asking ourselves questions of how we can be better, how we can improve, but also am I resonating? Mm-hmm. Am I branding on point? Is my message clear? Is it attracting my ideal avatar? And this is all the stuff I teach inside the 10K Club, but applying it to yourself, like I'm pointing at me right now, nobody can see that mm-hmm. on audio, is also a really valuable, super valuable thing to do. And often the thing I feel when you're shining the light on others, one of the hardest things to do for yourself. So awesome. I'd love to dive in because I don't actually think had a podcast episode for ages talking about the importance of branding. And so first off, I'd actually really just love to say, what is your definition or description of what you feel branding is? Because I feel for everybody, it's quite different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's hard being, I'm going to play the card. It's hard being me sometimes. No, <laughs> but brand really is misunderstood. So I spend a lot of my time educating. Unfortunately, I really enjoy educating and helping people again, get clear. And so love them or hate them. The quote that describes brand best for me is the Bezos quote, and it is, your brand is what people say about you, in brackets, or your business, when you're not in the room. Mm. And whenever I present on that, I just stop and I go quiet. And I'm going to do it here for a second because I really, I'm going to say it again, and I really want your listeners to think about that for a minute. Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Now, what I'll often see in the audience is I'll see, you know, the penny drop or the light go on and some people almost go, oh man, because there's that realization of that means that brand is everything that I do. And that's exactly the point that I want to make is brand is the sum of any and all interactions with your business. Mm. And that's why brand in a way can be very solid but at the same time is very fragile because you spend years giving someone an experience or providing an experience or your team provides an experience. And if it's consistent, it just builds. And that's where loyalty comes from, but do the wrong thing on the wrong day or time or hit someone at the wrong time in a misunderstanding and it can break. 
Mm-hmm. All that seen that been happening. Yeah. We have seen that happening around the interwebs over these past few weeks in the particular. Big brands, big names, people who have built up a huge amount of community and amazing brand essence just kind of drop themselves in the shit, to be honest. Um, and yeah. it's, it's tough to watch because you know how much it takes to build up a brand. I mean, it takes years of trust and credibility and, and it can be damaged so quickly. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, in that after moment of the crack, I don't believe that all is lost if you're willing to take the time to think through what is your next action. Mm. And when you have your brand built, created, solidified, I know we're going to go there and talk about that. When you go back to that essence of your brand, when you go back to that clarity that's been developed and you make the decision of how you're going to react to what just happened based on what is authentically you, chances are the outcome is going to be good and you're going to create a recovery because there's a real opportunity in that moment of recovery Mm. if you take it. Yeah, to do the deep work and to really question whether the brand has been holding up to your values and aligns with what you're doing or whether it needs a refresh or a reinvention. Mm -hmm. I love reinventing myself, as you probably know. Cool. So I guess the question that's probably on most people's lips is, Carly, tell us, how do we start? So even if you have a sense of a brand right now, and most people listening to this, if they have a business, especially an online one, you've probably already got quite a few elements of it. But where is the best place to start, even if you feel there's a little bit of something already there for you in terms of how you present yourself and the messaging and and all the good things? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. And one of the things I want to clarify, because I get it so often in discussion And when prospective clients come to us and they ask, you know, can you help us redesign our brand? And I'm always saying to them, okay, talk to me about what brand is to you. So let's talk about, for me, what brand, it's not your logo, it's not your colors, it's not your visual identity. That is your visual brand identity. And it's an element of, but really those are just signals to say, oh, hey, we saw your ad. We've now come to your website. We know your ad was read. Your website's read. We know we're in the right place. So brand to me, is a piece that doesn't belong in marketing and it doesn't belong in HR. By that, I mean, it shouldn't be owned by and managed by. To me, brand belongs in the leadership house or the ownership house. Or if you are the solopreneur working with, you know, outsourcing to a team, your brand is your responsibility. And as an individual, it's a pretty easy concept to understand. But as a busy CEO who brand and marketing and communications and people and culture may not be your thing, it's really easy to think, hey, I'm just going to offload that onto somebody. But there's a risk in that. And I want you to come back and ask me what the risk is in handing that off and not building your brand yourself. Because what your point was is, how do you build a great brand? In our methodology, there's 10 core elements to a brand. Mm -hmm. And so let me see if I can go through them without having them right in front of my face. So it is your purpose, Mm -hmm. aka your why. Mm -hmm. So it's your purpose beyond making money. It's being clear on what we do. So your what statement. It's your vision. It's your guiding principles. It's the personality of your company. Now, if you're a solopreneur, because I know you have a lot of consultants and solopreneurs at your audience, that is effectively the expression of your personality. As you're growing your business, I encourage business owners and the leaders to think about the brand being its own person, it being its own entity, and what is the persona and personality, how do you want it to show up to the world and how is everybody going to help to make sure that happens? 
Beyond that, ideal target audience profiles, you call them personas, avatars. I call it a really deep understanding of who your ideal clients are because we can't serve everybody. Then we get into benefits and differentiators and unique value proposition. We have brand promise and brand story. And I lost count on my fingers, but that should be pretty close to the elements that make up your brand. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear that. Thank you so much. Because, you know, I've done branding work back in the past and marketing's been in my blood since whenever, 2004? I don't know, somewhere when I started out in corporate world and marketing, but also even in my studies. And it's really neat to see that so much of that has stayed with me. Doesn't mean I can't learn heaps more, but also in the 10K club, we cover off on a bunch of those things, especially around your why, your vision, your unfair advantage, your unique value proposition, mm-hmm. and your ideal avatar, obviously. And it, it just makes you realize that all of these things are work in progress, but the clearer you get on them, as you said, the more confident you get. And then that starts to come across in all your brand essence and people start to resonate and they seem to go, oh, you know, that Carly, she does big, bold brands. And it just, it is something that is the clearer you can be on it and the clearer you can be on who you serve, the more that comes across in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And the more memorable you are, and the more you stand out, which is pretty much what we were all looking for, especially in the online world where it's too easy to just be part of the mix and to not stand mm-hmm. out at all. Yeah. Mm. So of all those wonderful 10 points or more or less that we got out there. I mean, do you start with your purpose? Because it feels like in my mind, that would be one of the number one places to start, but you've done all the experience and all the work with the clients. Do you find that you can actually, not leapfrog, but you can kind of pick and choose one element and then from that springs the other elements and you can tie them all together? Yes and no. Is it my preferred place to start? Yes. The reason I hesitate is because it all depends on what's going on in your business. So for me as a consultant, I don't subscribe to a rigid model. Yes, I have a methodology. Yes, I know how it works best. But if your biggest challenge in your business is not related to your purpose, and we really need to solve that challenge with some of the strategic brand and positioning work, it's not for me to say that that's where we're going to start. Ultimately, I see my job as helping you get clear to get traction. So if we really need, if there's something that's, you know, really broken, or it's bleeding and it needs to be fixed right away, then we'll focus in on that. But ultimately, the way I've designed my methodology is intentionally in a specific order because one feeds the next. So we'll go with vision and guiding principles and purpose. Those are the ones that I tend to start with. They're in a collection of what I call the you elements. And so how can you develop a clear vision for your business if you're not sure why you're in business, if you're not sure what drives you out of bed in the morning and what lights you up and gives you that energy to keep doing what you're doing, even on you know the days that are bad or when you're in a pandemic, for example, you know those things that when things get hard, you need to know why you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And so to, it's harder to develop a vision if you don't understand your why. Also understanding your guiding principles, AKA your values, If you don't know what you stand for, especially if it's a partnership or a very tight leadership team who are driving this business forward, if you don't know what you collectively stand for, how can you develop an authentic and aligned vision? And so the principles of those 10 pieces, the whole principle behind this is creating alignment between all the elements. Mm -hmm. So yes, we can dive in and into a critical area, but ultimately, if it's not clear, I'm going to return to that pretty darn quickly. 
Thank you so much for sharing that and explaining it. But literally, just as you were saying, aligning all these things just made me think of our chakras. I don't know why, but like when all of the chakras are in line and they're all unblocked and they're all clear, like we're at our most abundant and, you know, fulfilling of all our potential and the most energetic that we are and totally, as you said, in alignment. I don't know why I just thought about So can I tell you a little secret, which is yes. really funny that you picked up on that? When I was developing the system, I, had a, I was also doing deep work and I was doing chakra alignment work. Huh. And when I was building the system, I had the system on my desk written out and it literally is like building blocks. If you imagine Lego blocks, it's one on top of the other. Well, chakras in the diagram are one on top of the other diagram within the human body. And when I put the two beside each other, they were one in the same. Ooh, freaky. I love that. So the system <laughs> is ultimately and unknowingly, it's I wasn't looking at one and taking from another. I was literally in separate, you know, places. You know, work was work and the work I was doing on the side was very personal work. And maybe that's how it just naturally subconsciously came together. Mm. But you know, if you don't understand your purpose and you don't know who your tribe is working on the chakras above it and being able to speak your truth, which is way much higher up in the throat, is near impossible. If you don't know what's meaningful to you and you don't have confidence, which is Manipura in the stomach, how can you speak your truth? How can you vibrate at the highest energy? So yeah, the system is actually developed in a way on the alignment of the chakras. Beautiful. Love it. Well, look at that. Isn't that lovely? So I think that I was meant to come back and ask you a question about the risk, the yes. risk of not developing your brand or the risks inherent in. It was the risk of resonance. Thank you. And yeah. And so when I often in conversation with clients, they will go to what I call the outside. They'll go to their target audience. They'll go to, well, we're afraid that that's not going to resonate with them. So I'm going to use guiding principles. I'm going to go back there as an example. So we'll be working on building their guiding principles. And inevitably, a question will get asked something like this. Well, I think that my target audience really values this. So shouldn't one of my principles be that? And I'm like, no, not if it's something that you don't value. And so I look at, the internal and external of brands. So yourself and your target audience, and I'm making this motion, that's like a teeter totter. And there's a fine balance between everything that is you and everything that is them. And when those get out of sync, if you imagine that all of a sudden, everything that you're doing is weighted towards the clients that you think you want, that teeter totter tips in their favor. If it goes too far and there's, you know, you don't have a handle holding one, imagine that you just slide over to where they are. So you're no longer in your own zone. You're mm -hmm. operating in their zone. And I often see it happen over the course of years. And you just inch closer and closer to what you think they want as opposed to what is the business that you want. And I know your audience is really about being grounded in their passion, developing their business their way you know, using their own methodologies. And so when you can anchor yourself and ground yourself in the confidence that that is your truth, and you've spent these years, as Pam Slim would say, building your body of work to be able to deliver exactly as you are and as you were meant to, if you move too far away from that, you become out of balance. You become out of resonance with yourself. So it's that balance of resonating within my own true energy and attracting the people that resonate with that versus flipping it the other way and worrying about 
what is it that they want just to make a buck? And that's why purpose is so important. When you know and understand your purpose, you're less inclined to step away from that and accommodate to others. And I'm not saying it's not about, you don't want to not accommodate, but it's finding that balance again. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And it's resonates with me because a couple of months back, I don't know if you did listen into that episode where I was talking about when all the pandemonium with COVID was hitting and people were like scrambling to either like shrink away from it all and just hide out and rest. Mm -hmm. Or there were people who were like, Oh my God, I got to serve. I got to help. And I was one of those people who were like, Holy heck, you know, how can I reach out? People are going to be in pain. They're going to be losing their jobs or their income or their businesses. And then it was in that moment that I came back to my why and my purpose. And I was like, hang on a darn minute. (laughs) This is what your vision is. This is how you want to show up and serve. So it's really important that you stay true to this rather than trying to create band-aids or, you know, offers just on the fly to help people in this moment. Because yours is a long-term commitment to helping a thousand women earn 10K a month and contribute 1% to charity and beyond and create a ripple effect. And it was just so lovely in that moment to have done the work around my why and my purpose to be able to stay true to that course. Because I hear a lot of my clients and especially the 10K Club members going, oh, somebody asked me to do this and somebody was wanting me to do this. And I was like, that's great. One person asking you for something does not elicit like a massive wave of people who might need this. And it may be true that they do, but you've got to stay true to your course of how you want to show up and how you want to serve and where your skill sets are best monetized and packaged into great offers versus kind of bending, now I'm doing it, the teeter-tottering, like bending back and forth at will to your client's suggestions, unless they're totally in alignment with what you're wanting to do, in which case they might be the best suggestions ever. But I see it really often when people like hear one person say, could you do this? And they suddenly go down that track and it's bright, shiny object. And then somebody goes, oh, but what about this? And they go down that track and they end up creating nothing and offering nothing and being really wishy-washy. We've all done it. Yeah. And there's no better way to bring yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to flip it back to you for a second because I haven't heard it for a while Mm. is go back to your vision and your purpose because it was so clear. Yeah. Because you said it so quickly, it's so natural, but I think it's really important for your audience to hear how concise and grounded in that you are. Yeah. And it is super exciting to have it. So it's to, my vision is to empower 1000 women to earn 10K a month or more and be able to contribute at least 1% of those earnings to a charity or cause that's dear to their heart so that they can then create a ripple effect in other women's lives. That's amazing. And I rarely come across entrepreneurs, business owners, consultants who are that crystal clear and have thought it through to the point of philanthropy and it's just so well-rounded. But I'm wanting you to repeat it because my question for the audience is, can you see how easy it was for Nat to stay focused in the pandemic with having that clear of a vision? It's very easy to know what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to or run it through. And that's what I teach. When you build those brand elements, you run it, you run all the decisions through them as filters. So, you know, someone asks you to do something and you realize if you realize, yes, this is something that's going to help further my vision by creating this product in this moment, it has the long game and it's going to help fulfill that. Yes, I'm going to do that. Or no, this is just a band-aid. Absolutely not. And that's why it's so, so important to build your brand strategically. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Also, you'd appreciate this. I That came to me while I was on an indoor bike doing some training for triathlon and watching like a lesson around kind of mission and purpose. And I just like, 
I don't know, in that moment, because I love combining sport with business too. I had the energy and the momentum and the clarity and I just wrote it on the whiteboard right next to me while I was on my bike, leaning across, trying to reach the whiteboard. I'm like, this is it. I don't think I've been that clear ever in so long and it's so awesome. And it did take time to get to, right? Like I've, you've seen me doing the work over the last two or three years of reinventing myself and my brand and coming back to what's important to me and keeping what I had built that I really appreciated and put the work into, but also making way for fresh new insights and understanding. So I'm, I'm just saying listeners. In that moment when you wrote it down, yep. how did it feel? Great question. Oh my God, it felt liberating. It really did. It was like, uh-huh. And just like, yeah, it just spoke to my soul and it spoke to all the things that I've been grappling with in my head that I just hadn't managed to quite put together into something cohesive that was easy for me to talk about. And, and also probably one of the most tangible, as you said, like I don't usually go straight for metrics more. It's more about how you're feeling actually. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I was like, no, I've got to put metrics to this because I could start to see if a thousand women were earning 10 K that starts to get into millions. And then you start donating that. And it's like, it's impactful. Like it's going to really work if I can do the work to help those people. And those women can do the work to help others. It's like, Oh, you can see that I could actually visualize mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, and it's, I say feel because for me, I'm very kinesthetic, but I also notice when I'm working with clients that when we hit it or it's very, very close and I just, you know, punched my palm here, you might be able to hear that in the mic, but it's like something anchors and it clicks, you know, that Mm. solid sound of when some two pieces come together and they just connect, Yeah, there's that resonance to it. And so I wanted to point that out because as your audience is developing their elements, when you feel that sensation, trust that it's right. And just, you know, it's oftentimes I'll just trust that that's right and just walk away from it before I mess it up and stir it up too much and then come back and iterate on it. And that's another piece of this is another intentional way that I built into our methodology was that we're going to iterate and we're going to keep getting to it until we feel it's as tight as it can get for right now. And I find that some people get caught in the pressure to do a visioning session and you have to get it done today because today's the the amount of time that we've set aside for this. When you're going to work on this, set yourself blocks of time to get it as far as you can get it for today or get yourself into the state of it and get some stuff down. If you find it's getting cloudy, walk away from it, come back. You'll see the clarity. The iteration is so helpful to getting it right. And you don't have to get it a hundred percent right. Get it far enough that you can work with it and move ahead and trust that there's an answer out there that hasn't shown up for you, or you're going to find the right word or the right phrasing. It'll happen. Yeah. I always love to think of a brand as a living, breathing Mm -hmm. organism almost, because what is right? Like the minute I feel like you get closer to having it as perfect as possible. And I'm not a huge fan of perfect, but this perfectionist it's there but then I feel like as you're getting closer to that you're already growing and developing and evolving and so is your brand and so is your audience and so I feel like you should be constantly just saying is this still true is this still the best possible use of this brand for me and the wording and the resonance Mm because I think it's good to just continue to step in and it may well be maybe yep it's absolutely bang on and then there'll be some point maybe a year or two years down the track be like you know what there's been some growth here so let's see how we can you know evolve with it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. So for somebody who's like pretty clear now on their why or purpose, or maybe they're listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I've got it. Or I, I'm so much closer. Then how do you start filtering that through into all the pieces that you talked about before as part of your 10 step framework? So, cause I, you know, in my head, I still don't even have that mission clearly. It's on my homepage. 
I wrote it into my part, but I wanted to start making it really clear. I looked at Dr. Libby's website the other day and I used it as an example in the 10K Club because she actually has her mission right there on the homepage. And I just yeah. love that. And she also has an offer right next to it. Like, it's like, cool, you know exactly who your audience is, what your mission is, and here's how I'm going to help you do it. So what are, for people who are sitting here going, oh my God, there's all the things to do. <laughs> Where do I start? Which is yeah. a little bit like me. So what do you sort of suggest? And I know that's completely different for every person, but is there a sort of a progression to make this easier yeah. for people? Yep, absolutely. So I wrote down in my notes as I was prepping. So step one is get clear or get as close to clear as you can get that you feel that, yeah, I can move ahead with this. And then step two is integrate it and activate it. Now that said, when we achieve the clarity is I always recommend when building your brand elements, get them to the point where you're able to copy and paste them and use them in marketing. You're able to hand them off to people so they can be used. So build it for outside consumption. That's kind of the last step of getting clear and then integrate and activate whichever tool you're working on or start to integrate and activate all the tools. And the first and easiest step as you alluded to it was Make sure that it's integrated into your website, whether it be on your homepage or your about us. Make sure that you know it by heart. So when you're walking into an event, you can easily nurture it into a conversation or into a script without sounding forced. And the words will weave and change, but the essence will be there when you know it by heart. Make sure that your team members know it. Make sure that your salespeople know it. Whoever's representing the company whether they be a team member or a hire or a strategic partner, make sure they know it, make sure it's put out to them. Mm. And really it's about weaving it into everything that you do. The activating it is using it as a decision-making tool when Mm. you're faced with major decisions. So we've been picking on purpose. I'll use that one as an example. So if part of my purpose has to do with, you know, helping resolve climate change, I'm picking a broad one so people can wrap themselves in it or around it. If I'm going to partner with a specific company who does not support that purpose, then they will not become a partner. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to make a decision to develop a new product, well, if it creates more waste and increases your footprint, then really, are you really going to create that product if you are about reducing, you know, our effect on the climate? And so you can start to use them as decision-making filters. And in doing that, your actions and what your business does and how it shows up becomes more consistent. Mm. So as part of that integration and activation, it's being consistent. And then step three is determine how you're going to track and measure it. Mm. And brand is a tricky one. It's hard to measure, but if you look at it as a series of multi-part equations, like this plus this over this amount of time, you can start to weave. It's never just a like marketing it's never just a, hey, we put out an ad with a specific URL, so we know how many people went to that one. Or we put out two ads to test and compare, which one's going to work better, and 50 people went to that URL and only 30 people went to that URL. Brand isn't that obvious, but you can expand the equation to figure it out. So, for example, one of the ones that I often have clients look at is, okay, so how many referrals are you currently getting? And how many of those referrals are ideal? And so over the next six months to a year, I want you to track how many referrals you're getting and how much they've increased. Because ideally, I'm also pushing them out there to look at who you're partnering with, who are your strategic partners, who should be talking about you now that you're really clear and they can be really clear. 
And then how many of those are ideal? Yeah. So I it's really that. about testing and measuring because when you, I mean, for me, because I'm performance driven, if I'm tracking them, I'm paying attention to them. I'm continuing to do step two, which is activating and integrating because while I just want to beat whatever my record was last year. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because some of it is tangible, as you said. So, you know, how many more qualified ideal clients are you getting and, and how many more people are in your pipeline or in your sales funnel and how many more leads. And then some of it I feel is intangible. It's just the there's more mentions of me around the web. There's more people mm-hmm. mentioning my name. I'm getting more personal referrals. I'm seeing my name pop up in more articles or I'm getting more requests for interviews or things like that. So I love that because that's, you know, well, it is tangible to a point, but sometimes it's just the resonance and the intuition that you're, yeah, it's working and it's getting out there and people are noticing. Yeah, it can be as simple as asking yourself, am I happier in my business this year than I was last year? Does it feel more right? Am I working with more of the right clients? I measure my brand success as to how many of the right clients I have in a year said differently. How many clients did I have to fire this year? Because they weren't <laughs> the right fit, right? Yeah, and that's a great I'm parameter. happy to say that I can't in the last six months mm-hmm. say that I've had to really, I, I haven't fired anybody in the last six months, which has been great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, who is your, for those listening who might be like, Oh, it sounds like, you know, Carly works with consultants or bigger organizations, et cetera. Who is your ideal client? And you know, could it be my audience? I'm just, I'm curious, like who you really love to work with and who, when you do work with them, the work actually really goes far and has amazing results and transformations. Mm-hmm couple different audiences. So I do work with coaches and consultants in that realm, the coaches and consultants I see the most success with, therefore who are most ideal for me are the coaches who have had some experience with this work in their corporate career. They're usually coming out of a large corporate career and they're like, okay, it's, you know, I know I'm not done working yet. I'm going to hang my own shingle and I really want to step into a specific niche. They really understand what their body of work is and what, you know, they have an idea of what their purpose is and who they want to work with, but they just don't know how to say it. They don't know how to put it in words or they don't know how to pull it out of themselves. So coaches and consultants who are really experienced, but not necessarily in under their own shingle. Mm-hmm. There's a secondary audience in that group in that they have a great consulting or coaching practice. They're really busy and they either for the last part of the runway of this career part of their life, they really want to hone in on a particular audience because that's really their zone of genius and who they love working with. Or they're so completely busy that they need to be more specific and say yes to more of the right types of things. Because there's lots of people out there who are great at many things, but they're not honing in on that zone of genius. Yeah. So that's the coaching and consultant side. On the other side of it, I would say businesses that are ready to scale. So it might be a startup who's got a great product, but they haven't thought about who they are as a company and they're being pressed to get clear on that, especially by investors. Like if you can't say what your vision is and how you're going to build this company, they won't touch you with a 10 foot pole. It could be a professional service firm who's ready to scale. Your systems and processes are in place, but you're not very well known. Another great definition of brand is reputation times exposure. Mm. So, you know, you've got a great reputation and now it's time to up your exposure. But if you don't have the clarity and confidence to to communicate who you are, what you do, the value you deliver, you know, all those 10 items, that's a good place to start with me. Mm. Yeah, I love it. 
Thank you for sharing. That's really awesome. And I like that you also know your ICAs, your ideal client avatars or whatever you want to call them really well and see how she has clarity and confidence. And then I'm sure that's why you haven't fired any customers recently because you've been attracting perfect people in. This has been such a cool conversation and I think there's so much more that we could talk about. So I think it'd be great to have you back on the podcast and kind of further this with people as they do the work. But right now, I just love for people to know how they can get in touch with you and say thank you for this. And I think that you also might have a special gift for us to like help us in this process. I do indeed. So if you want to reach out to me, easy, Carly at BigBoldBrand.com. That's the website as well, BigBoldBrand.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. So that's my biggest social channel. So forward slash Carly Cunningham, pretty easy to find. And what I'd love to provide for your audience is the brand checklist that I use with my clients. And essentially, anytime we're diving into this work and they think that they need help, we sit down and we go through, okay, what do you have that's in place or what do you have pieces of? And so we know where we're starting. It'll give you a really, it's, it's an audit essentially, but really it's just all the boxes and you can tick question mark. Mm, I don't know if I have it. X, no, I don't have it. Yes, it's definitely confidently in place. And so I will put that in at bigboldbrand.com slash untapped. Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to grab a copy of the checklist myself and it's available. So thank you so much. And of course, just yeah, reach out to Carly. It's really generous that you offered up your email. You might get a few emails coming in your inbox. And just really opening our minds about you know, that brand is just so much more than your logo and color palette, which we've known for a while, but ultimately it all comes back to your why and how you want to be remembered or how you are remembered and referred Mm -hmm. to, which is a really, really good thing for me to come back to and keep top of mind. So thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. And I just want to say that this is being released on Canada Day and Carly is Canadian. So happy Canada Day eh? to all my Canadian friends. I miss you. I loved being in Canada. I loved living in Vancouver back in 2008. And I have very special fond memories of my book launch there for the Suitcase Entrepreneur, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast. So happy Canada Day. And I hope also happy Branding Day, where maybe you finally realize the evolution of your brand is right there in front of you and you just have to bring it to life. And that hopefully Carly's checklist slash audit is going to be a perfect way for you to start doing that work. In addition to that, if you've liked what you've heard about the 10K Club and the fact that we touch on so many of these areas in the framework that I've set up in the club and the nine lessons that create the founding principles for all of us to build on so that we can have 10K months, so that we can have a business that we love that makes an impact and also gives us a life of more flow and energy and ease, then head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K. That is one zero, the letter K, to read more about what's involved and apply. I would 100% love to have you in the club, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you've been in business for a year or more, and you're really wanting to take it to the next level, both from a business point of view, but also the next step in your mindset to be that person, to have 10K months and to build that beautiful business. Thanks for listening into Untapped, and don't forget to tap into your potential and go and make it happen. 